Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. All right. Well, good morning. It's so good to be able to be with you again, to see faces uh, and just to to study a word together. And so uh, today is part two of our series called Five Spiritual Food Groups. And today we're going to actually be looking at what each of these five different food groups are. Last week, I kind of teased you a little bit and gave you the title, but didn't give you the five spiritual food groups. And so today you actually get to, to hear what they are. Um, but last week, we actually uh, just began by just talking about how um, we we need these five different food groups. We actually need these in order to thrive spiritually. And so last week, I actually shared that if we are going to to be spiritually healthy, then we need to actually have a healthy, good spiritual diet. And I, I, I talked about the fact that a good spiritual diet actually means that we need to, to learn to spend regular time with Jesus on a day-to-day basis. Because Jesus, as he says in, in John chapter 6, that he is the, the true bread of life. It's through him that we are, are fed, that our spirit is fed. One of the things that I mentioned last week is actually that uh, since January, Katrina and I have been learning how to eat healthily because we realized that throughout the last year, throughout the pandemic, we really hadn't been doing that. Uh, And so those of you who know me well will know that I'm one of these people that when I decide to do something, I'm all in. I can get quite intense on things at at times. Um, And I'm also quite a bit of a geek when it comes to analytical things. And so I have really enjoyed over the last couple of months uh, being able to analyze the different nutrients that I've been getting and the things that I haven't been getting. And one of the things that I quickly discovered was that I actually wasn't getting enough iron in my diet. Now, for several years now, I've kind of just felt continually tired. Um, But I, I, I just put this down to the fact that, you know, I've got four daughters, I'm married, I've got a busy job, busy lifestyle, and so I didn't really think much of it. And and to be honest, they are significant contributors to my energy levels. Um, But you can imagine how it got my attention when I discovered that an iron deficiency will actually cause you to feel continually tired. So as part of this uh, new diet and, and new healthy way of eating, uh, I actually began to just try doing uh, iron supplements to see if it would make any difference. And pretty much almost overnight, it had a huge impact. So I found almost instantly that my energy levels and my alertness had dramatically improved. And actually, as a result, my sleep was significantly better as well. See, I actually believe that this is the same with our spiritual lives. See, it's not just about making sure that we spend time with Jesus. It's actually about what we do with that time that makes a big difference as well. And I actually think some of us, you know, we we know that we're supposed to spend time with Jesus, but it's actually something that we, we find quite hard to do. I remember one particular time in my life where I was just kind of going through the motions. I've been doing the same things. And and honestly, I was spending time with Jesus regularly, but actually I really wasn't feeling God's presence in that place. And I I was actually kind of feeling distant from God and disconnected to him. And I remember thinking this thought that I actually, I think a lot of us have, which is 
you know, if I'm spending time with Jesus, if, if this is meant to be something that makes me feel close to God, then why don't I actually feel that way? I actually think a lot of us experience this. I think we, we, we may not want to admit it, but we all have times where actually, even though we're doing all the, the things that we know to do, we just don't feel close to God. We don't feel connected to him. And so I actually just began to just read different scriptures. I went through the Bible and just found everything that I could on this specific issue of what it meant to actually seek God. And this is what actually led to me creating what I now call the five spiritual food groups. And I began to realize that I was doing a lot of you know, one or two of these things and not much of any of the others. So just like with the, the iron supplements, when I realized I was lacking in them, I began to take them. I, I decided I was going to start taking more of or start practicing more of these different things that I discovered through the scripture. And, and I found that it had a profound impact on my spiritual life. It had a profound impact on my experience of Jesus. And I think as, as I share this list, you'll probably find that you have a particular leaning towards one or two of them. And just depending on the, the giftings that you have and just the way that you're wired. And that's actually okay. But you may also find that you're really lacking in some of these areas. And, and the danger of that is that it can mean that you begin to miss out on encounters with God. It can actually mean that you potentially are lacking a greater depth in your relationship with God as a result. So it's important that if we are to grow spiritually, then we need to be aware of the seasons that we're in and what we're actually needing more of in that, that season in order to engage our hearts and encounter God. But firstly, before we can go through the list, I really just want to make it clear that there is actually no set way to seek God. There's no formula. There's no specific pattern that we have to follow. There's no specific thing that we have to do in order to spend time with God. However, as we go through the scriptures, you'll see that there are some broad paths that it gives us that are good avenues for us to be able to pursue God on a daily basis. And this isn't a perfect list. You know, I hate when people try to put formulas to a relationship and so this isn't meant to be a formula for our relationship with God. Please don't read it in that way. But this is actually something that I originally came up with just to ensure that I was getting the most out of my own time with Jesus, my own relationship with Jesus. And then as I began to see the benefit of it, I began to share it with other people as, as through discipleship. And, and the feedback was that it was hugely helpful for them in their own relationship with Jesus. And so this is why I'm excited to share it with you today. So that being said, what are the five spiritual food groups? Well, the first is the Bible. See, in John, uh, sorry, in Joshua chapter one, verse eight, it says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. See, the Bible isn't just something that we're supposed to pick up every now and again. It isn't something that we're just to hear from on a Sunday morning. It's actually something that we're to, to read every day. It's something that we're to be reading day and night, meditating on it continually. 
But why? Why is it so important for us to get the Bible into us, as it says here, day and night? Well, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it describes scripture as, uh, it says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It says here that scripture is God-breathed. Now, that term, it literally means God-spirited. God's spirit is in his word. And so if we're to feed our spirit, we need the word of God in us because his spirit is in it. As we read the Bible, we actually connect with God's spirit. We're literally receiving his spirit in us as we align ourselves with what the Bible says. As we align ourselves with the Bible, we're actually aligning ourselves with the truth of God's word. We're actually aligning ourselves with that. And it becomes easy to recognize the difference between truths and lie. I often hear people say things when I, when I talk to them about the Bible, they'll, they'll say things like, you know, what? I really struggle to read the Bible. I, I, I find it boring. I find it confusing. I just, I don't understand it. Uh, I don't know what to do with it when I'm reading. And so they kind of just, they, they avoid it. I often sometimes hear people say, you know, actually, I, I would love to read the Bible more. I just really struggle to have the time to do that. But here's the thing. Reading the Bible does not need to be complicated. And it doesn't need to be spending hours of your time to do so. You just take it at your own pace. I often say to people, uh, cons consistency is better than quality or quantity. Consistency is better than quantity. Now, even just 5, 10, 15 minutes each day just reading the Bible, uh, if, is that consistency will begin to transform your life. You also don't have to be a Bible scholar in order to encounter the, the word of God. You don't have to, uh, to know everything in order to experience God through it. My encouragement to you is actually, if, if this is something that you struggle with, then just start with really basic, simple questions like, what's the main point of what I'm trying to read? What does it say about God? What does it say about me? And how, what do I need to do to apply this to my life? What could this look like if I live this out? And when it comes to actually reading the Bible, you don't have to read it from cover to cover. In fact, actually, that's often not the best way to approach the Bible. So reading the scripture could just simply be meditating on a verse. Just find a verse or two and just read it several times and then just ask those simple questions. What is, what is it showing you? How do we live this out? And this is particularly good if you, if you really are struggling to, to find the time to do it. Just a simple verse just to repeat over and over again. Or you could study a book of the Bible at your own pace, just however long you need to take to just read through it, read through it several times if you need to. And just ask yourself, what are the themes of this passage? What's the main thing that God is trying to show through this passage, through this book? Or you could you know, study a character of the Bible. Just pick someone in the Bible that you want to learn more about. And just I ask simple questions like, uh, what what can I relate to from my own life that this person is experiencing? What are the lessons that this guy, this person is going through that I can apply to my own life? And if you're not sure actually who to study, then my encouragement is the best place to start is with Jesus. Just start with the Gospels and read through the, the, the life of Jesus and everything that he teaches and goes through and just learn how they can be applied to your life. And finally, just you can study a topic of the Bible. Just find a particular topic, something that you're interested in, a word or a phrase or something that, that you want to grow in or learn more about or, or get better at living out. 
and just find as many passages on those that topic as you can and just read through them continually. And the great thing is that we live in a world full of resources where the hard work of finding passages has been reduced to literally just typing scriptures on and whatever you want to find into Google or the Bible app or whatever it is that you use. It doesn't have to be anything complicated or time consuming to get fed through his word. The, the more you practice this, the more you actually begin to find that you understand what you're reading, the more the, the words become life for you, for your spirit. So the first spiritual food group is the Bible. And the second is worship. Now in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it says, through him, that is Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. To worship is an essential part of our spiritual diet. But why? Why is worship so important? What makes it such an important part of our spiritual life? Well, worship has the ability to bypass the head, our intellect, and get straight to the heart. See, worship by nature is an expression of our heart to God. It's an expression of our love and our, our gratitude towards God. And it allows us to experience God in a way that intellect doesn't allow us to. It actually has the ability to shift our hearts and our attitudes and our perspectives onto God. See, when we choose to worship, it helps us to focus on the God who spoke the universe into being, the God who died on the cross for our sakes, who overcame sin, and it enables us to shift our, off, our mindsets off the problems and the stresses that we face in life and onto the one who's able to meet us in that place. To worship not only glorifies God, it also lifts our spirit and enables us to be more aware of God's presence. I think there's a lot of us that actually have, you know, we have mixed feelings and mixed views on worship. There are some who just cannot get enough of it. Uh, and that, but there are others who maybe uh, you feel like worship, maybe it feels a bit uncomfortable or a bit awkward, or you just don't quite get it, what it's all about. And particularly as I've discipled guys, I found that you know, many actually struggle with worship because it's, it's a bit too feely. It's a bit, it feels a bit awkward and or uncomfortable expressing ourselves openly. But here's the thing. I found that if we don't find ways to express our heart to God, then our hearts actually eventually become kind of closed and hardened to God. Now, some of you, maybe you're like me. When, when you sing, it kind of sounds like someone's trying to drown a cat. And I just want you to know that is, that is okay. Nobody, uh, nobody has to hear you singing except for God. And he doesn't care about the quality of your voice. That's not what worship is about. It is about, he, he looks at your heart. It's about that expression of your heart. And I just want to say that there's also so many other ways that we can worship besides singing. And for me, a lot of the time, worship is just simply giving thanks to God and just calling out things that I'm thankful for. Uh, you can speak out the character of God, just list out the different things that Scripture says about who God is. These are just different ways that we can worship. And there are so many other ways that we can worship God. I encourage you to, to just try different things and find what helps you to connect and express your heart to God the best. So the second spiritual food group is worship. What about the third? 
Well, the third is prayer. Now, prayer, uh, just as an example of this, in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. And this was a pattern of Jesus. He did this on a regular basis. He intentionally went away from the crowds and, and found an isolated place all alone just to be able to seek God and pray. But I think prayer for, for many people is like kind of when your mum, when you were a kid and your mum tells you that you need to eat your greens. You know, it's something that you know you're supposed to do, um, but it's hard work and you don't really like doing it. And so you're kind of like, is it really that good for me? Um, I think some of us, like, we kind of do it occasionally when maybe something's going wrong in life, but it's not a habit for us and we actually don't do it that much. But here's the thing. Have you ever noticed that no relationship can thrive without two people talking to each other? It's actually perhaps the most essential and fundamental aspect of any relationship. And the more you talk to somebody, the closer you are with that person. It's exactly the same with our relationship with God. See, prayer is literally just talking to God. And the more we do it, the, the closer to God we become. And this isn't just about uh, praying when things are difficult and taking our knees to God. This is just about conversation with him. I think sometimes prayer is difficult for people because we, they don't feel like they know what to say. They kind of feel like they need to say really good, eloquent, profound prayers. But God actually isn't interested in that. He just wants us to talk to him. You know, in his book, How to Pray, Pete Gregg writes that the best bit of advice he ever received on how to pray was this. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. So we need to keep it simple because, you know, prayer should just be as natural as talking to any other person. We don't need to be eloquent. We don't need to have lots of words. We don't have to be able to express what we're thinking in amazing ways. Just It can just be simple prayers that what's on your mind, what's on your heart, just, just pray whatever comes up. And, and if there's not much, that's okay. And then we keep it real. And we keep it real because God is interested in the good, the bad, and the ugly in our lives. Now he, we have a tendency to try and kind of put ourselves out in a certain way towards God. And actually, he's already intimately aware of everything in our life. He's aware of every thought that we have. And so this is just an opportunity for us to share them with him. So if you're struggling, share it with him. If you have doubts or concerns or fears, just share them with him. He's big enough to be able to handle those things. He wants to hear everything that's going on in our lives. And then finally, we keep it up because life is tough and faith requires perseverance. And one of the great mysteries of faith is that uh, sometimes prayers are answered quickly and sometimes they take a long time to be answered. And that's actually just one of the things that makes God, God and us human. We may never understand fully what that's about, but what we do know is that faith requires perseverance and perseverance actually increases and benefits our faith. I really believe that as you pray, as you follow these steps, that you will begin to find that your relationship with Jesus comes to life in new and fresh ways, especially as you begin to see answers to these prayers, because Wow, such an incredible experience when God begins to move through your prayers.
So we've had the Bible, we've had the worship, and we've had prayer. And these probably are uh, not amazing revelations to you. They're fairly familiar things that we talk about on a regular basis. So what's the fourth? Well, the fourth is listening. Now, many of you may have just heard that and you might be thinking, well, actually, isn't this just a part of prayer? Um, and the answer to that is yes. Yes, it is. Um, but it's such an important aspect of our relationship with God. And it's as I've, I've talked with other people, it's such a, a commonly missed thing in their relationship that I actually felt like it needed to have its own category. You know, in Matthew chapter four, verse four, when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, he said, Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So when it says the word there, it's actually the Greek word rima, which literally means a thing spoken. It's referring to the voice of God. And this rima, this word is found all throughout scripture in relation to God speaking. See, prayer is a two-way conversation. And as much as we need to talk to God, there are a lot of things that God is excited to say to you. You know, of all the different spiritual food groups that I'm, I'm sharing with you, this is the one that has made my relationship with Jesus feel the most intimate and personal. See, God is interested in what's going on in our lives, and he wants to guide us and reveal things to us. You know, as a father, I would actually be really hurt if my kids got up in the morning and talked at me for kind of 20 minutes, which mostly just included them offloading the list of problems that they were, they were facing and things that they wanted me to do, and then they just kind of disappeared. You know, I'd be hurt because I actually want to talk to them about those things. I actually want to ask them questions. And, and most importantly, I want to make sure every day that my children know just how much I love them. Now, sometimes God feels distant or silent because we aren't used to giving him the space to speak. And we, aren't, we haven't trained our ears to listen to him. But when we make this a regular part of our time with him, we set ourselves up to experience him in a more personal way. Now, many people find it hard to hear God for themselves. And actually, we, we did a the spiritual growth survey at the beginning of this year. Uh, and actually, one of the things it showed was that the majority of people who filled it in actually struggled to, uh, with confidence in hearing God for themselves. What it also showed is those who were confident in hearing God for themselves actually described that they had a deeper and more intimate relationship with Jesus. And so my encouragement to you is if you struggle with the word of, with hearing God for yourself, then just start with something really simple. Just ask by asking a simple question like, God, how is it? How do you see me? Then my encouragement is just write down whatever comes to mind. You know, I once heard someone say that the voice of God is often a thought followed by a doubt. You know, something comes into our head and then we just kind of doubt that that was God. So we ignore it. And so my advice is actually just before, uh, write it before you doubt it. Before you have that chance to doubt, for doubt to come in, just write it down anyway. And then just ask a few simple questions, like ask yourself, is it strengthening? Is it strengthening my faith? Is it encouraging? Is it encouraging me to grow closer to God? Is it directing me towards him? 
Is it comforting? Does it bring comfort in places where I'm struggling? And then finally, just ask yourself, does it contradict scripture? See, God will never tell you something that is that clearly goes against what the Bible says. <clears throat> so if that is the case, then you just dismiss it. You don't need to, to hold on to that. Just let it go and move on. And it, you know, if it passes all these checks, then my encouragement is just receive it. Receive it as, as a word from God. So the, the fourth uh, spiritual food group is listening to God. And now last but not least, the final spiritual food group is obedience. Now, this is perhaps the most unusual one on the list and um, because surely, you know, obedience is something that we're supposed to do all day, every day. Uh, it's not really an activity that we do in our time with Jesus, right? But I actually include this because I have seen the impact it has on my relationship with Jesus. See, God actually cares about our obedience. In John 14, 21, it says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them. And I, I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Now, I remember when I was going through the discipleship school that we do here at Antioch, and, and we were challenged to, to do some form of outreach every week, to, to share our faith with somebody every week. And you know, I really struggled with that. That was not something that I found very easy to do at the time. Um, and I remember we'd gone to the school one evening and I hadn't done it that week. And, and after the school, we were uh, walking home, uh, my wife and I. And uh, as we were walking home, we started to walk. And I saw in front of me this older man who was uh, walking with a limp and uh, a walking stick. Uh, and I felt this nudge inside me uh, just saying, go after him and pray for him. And I, I didn't really want to do this. And so I just began to slow down. Slow down. I was just buying my, myself some time. And I quickly noticed that Katrina was also slowing down. And so soon we both realized that we were wrestling with exactly the same thing. God was saying the same thing to both of us. And, and eventually, um, because we didn't want to do it, we agreed that if the man turned right at the next junction, then we didn't need to, to, to do anything. We didn't need to go and pray for him. Amazing logic, right? Uh, and so by the time we actually got to the junction, we were pretty much walking, walking at, a, at a crawling pace at this point. Uh, and to our relief, he actually did, in fact, turn right. And so we went on our way home and, and we actually thought nothing of it. Um, but the next day I woke up and I began to spend time with Jesus, just like I had every other morning. And I was doing the same things where previously I was really encountering, experiencing God's presence. And but this particular morning, no matter what I did, I just felt distant from God and disconnected from him. After a while, I got fed up and I just sat down. I was like, why is this so hard this morning? And as I asked that question, I remembered the old man from the night before. And I just felt like I heard God say, Ian, I asked you to pray for that man and you didn't do it. Your obedience matters to me. You see, disobedience leads to disconnection from God. You know, I think a lot of people struggle with this word obedience. You know, we don't like being ruled over. We don't like uh, feeling like we have to do something or like we're being controlled. But that's the wrong mindset to think about this in, from. Uh, you think about it in terms of a marriage. 
because I love my wife, there are certain things I do uh, or don't do because I love her. There are things that I choose to do in order to honor her and demonstrate my love for her. You know, maybe as an example, like Katrina asks me to, to take the bin out. Now, if I said no on the basis that I don't like being told what to do, then uh, I don't think Katrina and I would be feeling the closeness of our relationship at that point. Instead, I choose to say yes because I love her and it is an, a joy for me to find ways to demonstrate love to her through my actions. And it's the same with our relationship with God. As it says in that passage, John 14, 21, that actually, as we, as we do it, as it's those who obey him that are the ones who love him. It's actually an, a demonstration of our love for God when we are obedient to him. And the thing is, God actually rewards our obedience to him by revealing himself to us. He actually shows us things about himself through our obedience. There's ways that we can only encounter God through living out what he's called us to do. So if obedience leads to disconnect, then I would say that obedience leads to experience. We actually get to experience him in ways that we only would through um, actually doing what he's asked us to do. And this theme of obedience needs to be woven in to everything that we do. As we read our Bible, we want to ask, how do we apply this to our life? As we pray, we want to surrender our day to him and invite him to lead it. As we listen to him, we're asking him for direction in what we do. And, and we continue to do these things throughout our day, inviting him in to guide us and lead us. So as we, as we wrap up, these five spiritual food groups are the Bible, worship, prayer, listening, and obedience. Now, again, this isn't a checklist for us to go through. Now, when it comes to eating a physical uh, food, you know, what we eat on any given day is actually a very little consequence to our, our health. Now, it's actually what we eat over a period of time that matters. And so this isn't a checklist for you to try and uh, hit each of these things every day. This is actually just a tool to help you assess how you are doing as you continue to seek God continually. So the goal is to establish a, a holistic and healthy spiritual diet that we can so that we can continue to encounter God through every season and situation in our life. So I want to encourage you to ask yourself, how are you doing in each of these five areas? If you see that you're lacking in some form of these, then, then I want to encourage you to be intentional this week to practice them and see what shifts in your relationship with God and see how you grow in encountering and experiencing him. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you that you desire relationship with us. God, I thank you that it is possible for every single one of us to experience and encounter you. God, I thank you that, that you gave us so many different ways in which we can experience your love and your goodness. Lord, I just pray for, for everybody who is uh, listening to this, God, that you would um, just help them to establish uh, good rhythms of being able to set time aside to spend with you. Help them to establish themselves in your word, in the Bible, God. Help them to, to connect their hearts to you through worship. Help them to encounter you as they just talk to you in prayer. Help them to learn how to listen to your voice and hear you clearly. 
and enable you to guide their day. And help them to live lives where it's not just hearing the word of God, but doing and living the word of God. And I pray that people, as they do that, that they would experience you in fresh and incredible ways. Lord, I just pray for uh, just a revival of people's spirit, for those who are feeling spiritually malnourished, God, that you would just bring spiritual nourishment to their bodies, to their spirit right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.